Mr. Bosworth, we here at Columbia Pictures are very excited to have you to discuss your future as a major actor in today's market. You may be familiar with the recent successes of such actors who came from a sporting background such as The Rock and Gina Carino. Well, thank you. I'm quite honored to be here. As you are well aware, Hollywood studios have absolutely no ideas for new movie properties, and so we'd like to discuss a reboot of your most popular film, 1991's Stone Cold. Unfortunately, we cannot title the next film Stone Cold, as Stone Cold Steve Austin has a copyright on the name. Mr. Austin has sent this message regarding the subject. He used my name, Stone Cold, and my lawyers will screw you. Not with a condom, with a can of whoop-ass! As you can see, we need to come up with a new title that is safe from copyright, but also resembles the original film title and will identify fans with you. That's why we brought you here. Before you say anything, we should mention we've heard from many celebrities that have an interest in this film, all with recorded messages. So, do you have any ideas? Uh, what about Cold as Ice? Rob Van Winkle here, show me a smile and I'll show you one back. Show me a rip off of my shit and I'll show you some real negative energy. Uh, Ice Cube? Coors Light, kids and shit, and lawsuits. Mm, ice tea. I make an effort to keep it as real as possible as I can, and I'm efforting towards suing your honky ass. Okay, maybe we're off track with the cold and ice ideas. What about you? Didn't you have a nickname? The Boz. Okay, go with that, but put a modern spin on it. How about d boss Big willy if you really want to know. Ask Chili. Could I be a silly hoe? Not really. t boss and all my senoritas is stepping on your feelers, but you don't hear me, though. Uh, I don't speak TLC. I have no idea what any of that means, but I'm sure it's bad. Moving on. Boz in the band. Boss Gag's fourth album. The Mighty Mighty Boz Tone. Really? Boz Blurman. Because I'm so fast. Baz Luhrmann, director of The Great Gatsby and Moulin Rouge. Hours later, I've got it. Coming this summer, it's Brian Bosworth in Boulder, low temperature, Bosk Apocalypse. Hello and welcome to Stinker Madness. As you may have guessed, the film this week will be Stone Cold, starring Brian the Buzz Bosworth. I've got Sam and Jackie here to get us geared up for it. Pack your shoulder pads and your helmet, your football's helmet. And your ridiculous fucking haircut. And your ridiculous fucking haircut and your blade sunglasses. Because we're going back in time with Brian Bosworth. Belly shirts with the <laughs> oh, sleeves yeah, ripped shirt. right the fuck off of them. <laughs> Belly shirts that had really bad catchphrases printed on them, and the sleeve sleeves rip right the fuck off of them. Wow, this sounds like my kind of guy. Oh, the boss. Oh, he's great. Uh, we will uh, we'll talk more about Brian Bosworth and Stone Cold later. We've got a big show, so let's get right into the uh, streaming do's and don'ts. Starting off with a movie that we just watched that is was released on YouTube today as of the date of this recording. It's called Kung Fury, which was a Kickstarter project that uh, was managed to raise $200,000 and make a 30-minute short film that is uh, free to watch on YouTube, with no commercials, I might add. So the guy's not making, and at this point, $0. Thoughts? Direct ripoff of um, the Australian show Danger 5. 
the joke was, I think, about the Nazis. A lot of the jokes were ripped off from Danger 5, I think, uh, which is a, a ripoff of a lot of other things as well, but maybe a little bit better told. I think it's more of a ripoff of uh, Mandroid. Uh, or just the Astron 6. The Astron 6, what they're doing. But they don't need Kickstarter to get all sorts of jazzed about it. You just send $5,000 to those guys, and they'll make an hour and a half movie instead of 30 minutes. It's a waste of time. Well, I think that there's a real... uh, It's sort of en vogue to have this 80s, the synthesizers, and all of everything you can do uh, regurgitating kickbacks or throwback Thursday or whatever it is. Uh I, I appreciated what they wanted to do here. I actually appreciated what they did. I don't know that I liked it. Yeah, I don't, I definitely didn't like it. Um, I thought a lot of the jokes were poorly thought out and just like, like the script maybe took 30 minutes to write. Even like with the fact that it's a 30 minute movie, the jokes were just, I, I slave over the jokes that I work on for writing the commercials and I'm not always good. I'm not going to say that my jokes are always good and funny, but I work hard on them. The, like the, the, the punchline of the whole movie is, you don't hassle the Hoff 9000. Ugh, ugh, really? Yeah. Ugh, it, come on. The jokes, the the presentation was, I guess, above what Astron 6 does for much less money. Right. Out of their own pocket. Yes. Uh, they include camera lens purchases in their budgets, uh-huh. usually. But yeah. what they don't miss... On the visual element, they hit on the joke element. Indeed. Indeed. And, and this guy, I feel, did the opposite. Is One thing I did know about this film going into it is, you know, the scene with the Nazis uh, where he's fighting all the Nazis a la uh, old boy. It's a long sequence of him fighting. Yeah. That is one guy in all of those Nazi costumes. So he had to go in the at, to visually produce what it was piece it together the, the, com- the composition Comp- compose all of those guys yeah. into one shot which i is had to have taken an ass load of work yeah the after effects work in here is is phenomenal but at the same time it, it is sort of dwarfed by only a couple of jokes i laughed at one i laughed at the shooting through the phone Mm-mm. that was that was the only joke i thought was funny. which uh, is a joke from danger five back oh, in uh, I didn't know that. 2006 so yeah and i just want to say i grew up in the 80s i don't want to relive it I don't like 80s motif crap. I enjoy it if it's done proper. I like, I enjoy anything if it's done properly. Yeah. I think this was yeah. sort of on the verge, but it didn't really make it. Yeah, it's... Uh, I watched a Key and Peel. Actually, you watched it with me, Sam. A Key and Peel not too long ago with the with the ultimate tough guy cop from the 80s going into the bad drug dealer's house and breaking everybody's necks in ridiculous ways. That was funny. That was funny. It's it's how many different ways can you break a guy's neck? Because that's his only move is the neck break. And he and it wasn't old after five times. Like, oh, ha, 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 he broke the guy's neck. So, uh, ha, ha, ha. And it was fun the entire time for 15 minutes or whatever. The sort of strengths of this last piece Kung Fury were really the music which they nailed on Key and Peele. The music was quite good. Uh, and the feeling which they nailed on Key and Peele, but yeah. they didn't spend any money they didn't have to do a bunch of special effects because you know, it's just built around a good joke. Yeah. Whereas the the garnish overpowered the main course. Yes, I will concur with that. You know, my favorite thing about this movie was the Golden Eagle. Oh? The Nazi Eagle. 
thing. I thought that thing was pretty awesome hmm. with its ruby red eyes. And it's really, I'm, I'm like a raccoon. Shiny. <laughs> shiny. Oh my God. It's shiny. I love that part. The modeling for the, the 3D CGI was good. They did mm-hmm. a good job modeling it. They, the composition was good in terms of using, uh, stock shots or some of the stuff they shot on there. I mean, it looked as good as I think it could for $200,000, but at the same time, I don't know that I'd spend $200,000 on something like this. Yeah, true. True indeed. I don't know. I think it's one of those films that, for me, the first time I watch it, I'm really not that impressed, but then it grows on me the more that I think about it. And hmm. I, I did enjoy it, but it was just such a ripoff of Danger 5 that it really bothered me. Like, I've seen all these jokes and stuff before. I've, I've watched the Australian TV show, and so it was kind of a letdown. Yeah. yeah. As I said, I appreciated it. I yeah. don't think I liked it, but I yeah. appreciated it. I'll stick with Manborg. Uh, I'm going to give it a do not. I didn't I didn't enjoy it at all. I didn't respect it. I thought that there was some good, solid filmmaking, but I thought it was just too much of a knockoff of things that I had already seen. The, so don't better, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. Just watch Danger 5. Or Manborg. Or just go to the Astron 6 website. Plug yeah. these guys all I can. They're yeah. funny. They're funny guys. They're funny guys, and they do it for cheap. Uh, moving on. On Netflix, starring one, Pierce Brosnan's tiny wiener, Nomads. Oh, yeah, his wiener was in this movie. It was the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> was that it? was the best part of the whole movie? <laughs> it was like, whoa, wiener! And then it was like, okay, well, wiener. now I've got to see Pierce Brosnan's wiener. It wasn't that impressive. <laughs> it was a surprise. I was not prepared to see Pierce Brosnan's wiener. I had no idea that he ever got his dinger out. Dude, it was a healthy, normal-looking wiener. <laughs> yeah, was, It I wasn't mean... <laughs> like porn star wiener or anything. It was just a normal, healthy-looking wiener. And I was, I felt really good about getting to see that because I think he's a handsome man. You know, it looks like the the name Remington Steel might have been a little bit too much. I was actually going to go a different way with the same a similar joke was that ironic that a man who played Remington Steel didn't ever get a Remington to uh, trim the hedges. Say. <laughs> ladies, yeah. ladies don't like it. Uh, they don't like pulling pulling pubes out of their teeth. <laughs> Pierce. I think this movie was done in the eighties though, and that was before everybody started shaving it bald. Man. <laughs> when, when, at the height of dental floss sales because of all of the teeth pubes. <laughs> so anyways, about Nomads. Who was this directed by? This was the guy that uh, John did... McTiernan. Yeah, same guy did... that did Die Hard, Die Predator. Hard. A bunch of rad shit. The Hunt for Red October. <laughs> yeah. and, and a movie that I really like that a lot of people don't appreciate. Uh, it's one of those that I actually find in a rare occasion better than the novel. Is uh, The 13th Warrior. I seem to oh, enjoy sure, with, more. Uh, Antonio Banderas. It, yeah, Antonio Banderas. And is Eaters of the Dead uh, was the novel by uh, John or Michael Crichton. Back which to is Nomads. really hard. Back to Nomads. Yeah. But, uh, Nobody wants to talk about this movie other than the penis thing. <laughs> well, McTiernan's done a fine job, but also you notice that one of the credits that's uh, present in this that's absent in his subsequent films is the writing credit that he received. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It didn't look bad, and I think that's where... <laughs> Wait, what? Well, it didn't look bad. I mean, it was... No, it looked pretty crappy, dude. I thought it was shot well. The dream sequences were all it fucking... It didn't make any goddamn no, sense. No, it looked fucking no. dumb. The The whole thing where he's... I can't even describe this film. I'm not even going to bother. I thought it was shit. This is one of the worst films I've ever seen. It's pretty thin on the story. <laughs> thin? No, I think there's there's like deep things there well, that are so poorly delivered that we couldn't figure out that we were just scratching our head the entire time. I think that there's one real statement being made that guys and ladies that are kind of spooky ghost greasers are really not allowed to leave the state of California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I get from it, too. Uh, I give it a do not. <laughs> do not. 
I'm giving it a do just for the wiener scene. Yeah, what? Yeah, that thing was an hour and a half long to fucking see something that you can see on Google Images. Pass. It's a moving wiener, ladies. It could be worth it. You <laughs> yeah, can't get that from a picture on the internet. <laughs> Take that. A moving, swaying wiener. <laughs> moving it on. It didn't sway that much. Speaking of motion, we got to motion this to the next piece. <laughs> uh, Nightwatch on Netflix. Russia's most successful movie ever. I never watched Daywatch because I was so confused puzzled and unimpressed by this one that I didn't bother to find out what happened. I have a question. Sure. If this piece of shit is the most popular thing in Russia, what the fuck else is going on in Russia? I don't know, man. Dude, it's Russia. They don't have any money, and everybody is- This looked like it cost a shitload of money. Like, it's chock full with visual effects. And it was also a a collaboration, because there's- no native language of the film. They're speaking Russian, they're speaking Czech, and sometimes they're speaking English. And I want to say that it made domestically, not our domestically, but their domestically, like $120 million. That's nothing to balk at. No, That's I went, a chunk of change. When this shit came out, because I haven't seen it since it came out, and I can't remember if we... I was living with a, a gal at the time, and I don't remember if we went to the dollar theater to see it for a midnight thing, or if we went and rented it at top dollar. When it came out, you still had to like pay $3 to rent a movie, but I spent money to watch it, and I never watched the sequel because I just didn't care. Yeah, I, do- I did not enjoy it. Not one bit. Not at any point did I enjoy Nightwatch, the most popular thing of all time in a giant landmass filled with tons of people. Didn't enjoy a second of it. It was like swordfish for me. I fucking hated it. Jackie, thoughts? I liked it better than swordfish. <laughs> this is going to sound really bad. I remember watching this movie and I don't remember shit about it. No, think, you don't. I think it was one of those ones that was so awful and I was so pissed that I spent the time watching it that I just blocked it out. It well, is completely forgettable. Decide whether they're vampires and they're others and they're something else. And it's like, wait, who's oh, who? Oh, wait, now I remember. Now I remember. Kick ass. And because somebody's he, breaking the balance the and it's like, why? And then he has a son. Okay, yeah, now I remember this thing yeah, with that no, goofy look and wannabe vampire, good versus the light. You it, have to choose. Yeah, it blew ass. I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, pass. It was it was not good. It's one of those uh films that has kind of like a spooky cover that it's like, oh, we let's watch a horror movie. Oh, there's vampires in it. And then you do a little digging. Oh, this is the most popular shit yeah. in Russia of all time. Well, this must be a really like this could be the next let the right one in and then you put it on and you're like wait what Ugh. the fuck is this, was this shit prior to let the right one in so right. let me just well bring for, it up to for speed whoever's viewing it do you know why this did so well in russia uh, why because the actors wore something other than a tracksuit, so they assumed that these people were high class <laughs> there in the was, movie there was a guy oh, and he worked for the boy. mob and he wore a tracksuit in this film yeah but yeah. he is crime scum yeah. Right, but everybody else in this movie had like jeans and an actual coat and, I, I and think shoes. He said, I think he and said, they were like, "Man, rich people Duh, in Russia." Bro. This, Seriously, bro, like six times when it came out, and I watched it because of the trailer. This is a very they had a very good trailer to this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gal that I lived with at the time, she was super pumped about it. Mm-hmm. And in the bats, mm-hmm. the thing they did with the bats that looked really good, especially for the time. I couldn't tell that and they then, were bats. I thought they might have been crows, but whatever. The whatever they were, and then the subway thing that happened that was those were both in the trailer. So the most visually appealing, because I thought that the special effects in in context of the movie kind of fall apart here and there. Mm-hmm. But they used the best stuff. They totally Joe Dante'd out and put all the best stuff in the trailer and got everybody disappointed after they put the money out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I give it a don't. Don't. Do not. Moving on 
movie that Jackie didn't watch, but it's got Dudikoff! Dudikoff! Once again, listeners, I would like to let you know that I do have a life outside of this podcast, unlike these two bozos. Yeah, bummer. Bozos. Uh, Dudikoff, how do you have a life away from Dudikoff? What did you call him? <laughs> like, because he's got a, such a distinct name, Dudikoff. Was it Brosevsky? <laughs> yeah, no, I was saying you'd have to, to do it again. You'd have to have a really good haircut and, yeah, be uh, John Brosevson. <laughs> yeah, Brosevson, yeah. Uh, it's Platoon Leader on uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime. Directed by Aaron Norris, Chuck's younger brother. His directorial debut. Yeah. I really liked this movie. <laughs> I really liked it, too. And, and it sort of, after we watched it, you immediately had to place it. Where do you hold it against other Vietnam movies? Uh, not in the realm of Platoon. For no. Sure. Not in the realm of, uh, well, I don't really care for Full Metal Jacket, but I respect it, and I don't put it there. After that, I had hmm. a hard time because I liked it. I was immediately able to put it over Hamburger Hill, which is one of the sleepers, and Hamburger Hill was made for TV, so it has sort of the same, uh, the same budget and the same aesthetic that this had, because this was a lower budget canon film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I not was. Not directed like, by, Golan or Globus, or I produced by, we should mention. No, it's Avi Lerner. Yeah. Who, Avi Lerner has got some good stinkers of his own. If you check out Avi Lerner, but I was immediately able to place it ahead of a movie that I like to, for a Vietnam sleeper, if people are talking about Vietnam movies, I'm like, hey, you should check out Hamburger Hill. I was able to place it directly ahead of that, and then I had to think, do I like it better than Apocalypse Now? Is it a better movie? No, but no. I don't really like Apocalypse yeah, Now all that much. I does. Uh, you know what I'm going to say? This stars Michael Dudikoff is a canon movie. I don't know if it's a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. There's some points where it doesn't do itself any justice. The, the acting can is a pretty wonky in some points. There's some physics that are a little uh, yeah. questionable yeah. here and there. Yeah, but the overall tale of these guys... In the Vietnam. tale is, I think, yeah. very good. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a it's, very good story. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really, really liked it. I also find that I had done a Vietnam workshop when I was in college, and we watched. We didn't watch this one. Oh my god, that does not sound wait, fun. Wait, a Viet- <laughs> Vietnam <laughs> film workshop. Oh, film oh, workshop. You forgot the film. Yeah, you just sorry. Said Vietnam workshop. Vietnam I started workshop. laughing like, what is the Vietnam workshop, Sam? You're welcome for the Nikes. <laughs> uh, you, you travel to the closest small town, and then you just ruin. It. Oh, <laughs> like just ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> the shoes was a bad joke. <laughs> but we did a Vietnam film workshop. We didn't watch this. And one of the things that was interesting is that most after the Green Berets with John Wayne and the Deer Hunter, which the Deer Hunter doesn't actually take a stance on whether it, it you know it's either a negative stance towards the Viet- involvement in Vietnam or the Green Berets being the positive, like we should have been there. This is much like the Deer Hunter, and it doesn't actually overtly tell you we should have or we should not have been involved it's just about the people that were there right and i really appreciate that yeah no i like platoon leader i give it a do unfortunately it's going to be pulled from netflix this month so check it out while you can in june or oh no oh yeah it'll be it'll be off oh Oh, no oh we blew it it's worth it's worth uh if you can get a hold of a cheap copy yeah Moving on to Good Neighbor, Bad Neighbor. It's my turn to introduce the Good Neighbors and the Bad Neighbors, potentially, because it's my movie this week. So starting off with, uh, this is all themed around Stone Cold. Tough guy. Tough guys. Tough guys. 
with a little wonky one at the beginning. Wait, I'll just put in my... No, all bad neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bastards out there flexing their muscles and their wife beaters hanging off of their Benny apple shirts. trees. These are, uh, these are controversial. Apple tree? Yeah. These are controversial tough guys, I should let you know. Oh, okay. Number one, Ace Ventura. He's a tough guy. He beats the shit out of everybody in the first movie. I'm only counting the first movie. Okay. He gets shot. He can park cars sideways. Beats beats everybody up. Oh, and he can bone for like three hours on I a bad night. have to go with other than what is his landlord's name? <laughs> I can't remember. He's got too many Ventura. bads. <laughs> his neighbors seem to love him. Yeah. So I think that he's actually, in the context of the film and the character, proven on screen as being a good neighbor. Bad neighbor. Uh-huh. Okay. Too Just annoying as fuck. Too many pets scratching. Oh God! I Talking hear out of his scratching butt. around at night. <laughs> I didn't like this movie. Okay, well, and well, I you don't can't like judge. Him. You can't judge whether he's a good neighbor or bad. That is the definition <laughs> of breaking the rules: a good neighbor, bad neighbor. You Back. can't judge whether you like the movie or not. Back I didn't like the movie up. because I didn't like him. <laughs> you did not like I did Ace not, Ventura. I did not. That's like his Ace best Ventura. movie. I I did not like that character. I wanted to stab him in the face. I just no bad neighbor. He would come over for a cup of sugar, and I would pepper spray him <laughs> and be like, get off my lawn. Pardon me, but do you have a cup of sugar? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with good neighbor. I am going with bad neighbor. Uh, Just because the pets? I Yeah, the pets. The pets are a problem. I hear them scratching around at night. How many got in there, Ventura? Yeah, bad neighbor for me. Uh, moving on to uh, Rocky. <laughs> You know, his clothes smell like dead meat. <laughs> Nobody got my joke. Never no, I, I get it. Um, Rocky pre-beating Apollo. You don't really know because Adrian's mm-hmm. such a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Except uh, for she's got dudes, du- gentlemen callers in the middle of the night. Knock, knock, knock. Adrian, it's me Rocky. I think pre-beating Apollo, he's probably quiet, reserved, good neighbor. Mm-hmm. Afterwards... Once Polly moves in, yeah. regardless of his name, uh, what he can do, the shit that he surrounds himself with makes him such a bad neighbor. Yeah, yeah, it's, it seems like high drama, high drama at the uh, the and, Rocky household, and he's especially with, after Apollo's dead, like building up to Apollo, and then Apollo dies. I mean, because let's face it, the only movie anybody cares about is Rocky Four in the life of Rocky, because you know he's got to defeat the Russians and all that. But when he's living in the mansion, you just, like, even though it's a mansion, like, he's dropping your property value with all the shit his kids are leaving in the uh-huh, yard. Uh-huh. Polly's making deals behind the house. He's just fucking up the whole neighborhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you've got the training montage, and you know that part of the training montage is going to take place in your fucking barn. That's not his fucking barn. He's lifting big bales of hay in. He's out in it's the north. It's yours. Like, yeah, well, I'm still going off of the house he owns. And all of the assholes he surrounds himself with makes it a fucking fiasco. Bad neighbor. Jackie? Oh, man, I'm sitting here listening to you guys go back and forth because I am kind of riding the fence. One, he could be a good neighbor because he seems kind of, you know, like he was a little bit down to earth there for a while and he'd probably come over and help you fix your sink. But then if you're living in a mansion neighborhood, (laughs) you could probably afford to have somebody come and do that for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Sam's right. He's going to drop that property value. Not to mention he seems like the guy who would get pissed drunk and pee on your fence. Now, mm-hmm. as an amendment, Rocky Balboa, the fifth movie in the series, uh-huh. he's the guy that helps everybody do everything all the time, completely selfish, selfless, totally different character. He's selfish in his selflessness. 
he all of a sudden becomes a good neighbor because he's always helping you with no matter what. Even if you don't want help, he's helping you. So but, maybe maybe moving forward, we're going to have to revisit Rocky and break it down by movie mo- by movie. Well, I'm not <laughs> count. I just can't count Rocky Balboa as part of the series because it's such a departure. Mm-hmm. So the the Rocky that we all know and love is a bad neighbor, but. Sylvester Stallone realized that and made him a good neighbor. <laughs> That's the point of Rocky Balboa. It is. All right. Last but not least, James Bond. And we're talking not Daniel Craig James Bond. We're talking James Bond James Bond. Goofy gadgets and shit James Bond. He's never there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But guess who is? Bombs. Bombs and bad guys. Yeah. And women asking about him constantly that you can't have sex with. <laughs> Where's, where, have you seen James? No, I haven't. I've seen him twice, and I've lived here for eight years. Will you have sex with me instead? No? Okay. I don't like this guy. <laughs> oh, God. If he walked around naked in the backyard. Oh, wait, you saw it. We already talked about James Bond naked. <laughs> You've seen it. It's yeah. on Google Images. It's in Nomads. <laughs> no, I'm saying if he was walking around his backyard naked... <laughs> he should take the edge clippers to himself then. Yeah. I'd be like, you know, I'm getting your uh, bushes here. You want me to get your bush too? <laughs> I'm just saying, as long as he wasn't swimming in my swimming pool and clogging up the drain, yeah. then good neighbor, I'd be like, yeah, why don't you walk around naked in front of me for a while? <laughs> 007, I've got some 99 cent Barbasol if you're interested. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I say bad neighbor with James Bond. Bad. Good neighbor. <laughs> All right. Sam, why don't you tell us about Stone Cold? Stone Cold was made in 1991. Directed by Craig R. Baxley, who started... Oh, yes, Craig R. Craig R. Craig R. Baxley. Y'all, you'll remember him. Stinker favorite. He is. He, he started out as a stunt performer, but rose to the position of director eventually. He is notable for such stinker madness episodes as Action Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Other films include, most likely, a future episode entitled I Come in Peace with Dolph Lundgren. That's the... Uh, the CDs the being CDs, deadly. Yeah, yeah deadly, yeah. deadly yeah. CDs, yeah. Baxley hit the TV scene pretty hard as a director as well. Credits include Silencing Mary and Twisted Desire, both starring Melissa Joan Hart. Because mm. what Clarissa really knows best is how to get sexy-ish after her show gets canceled. Hmm. And, and that's not a very good joke, because I think it was Clarissa Explains All, but I just mm. went with it anyway. I don't know. Mm. What, the, what was that show called? Mulva? Clarissa Knows Best? She was a teen witch, maybe? No, that's that's uh, Sabrina. Oh, that's not even the same person. Who's Clarissa? Yeah, she was both. She explained know. all she knew best. She was yeah. a teen witch, all of it. She got canceled, and she had to do some sexy time on uh, Lifetime, maybe. Melissa Joan Hart? No, she sells shit for Radio Shack or yeah, Target. Yeah, I think so. Well, whatever, now, but that, these were like uh, in 96, 98. That, that shot a woman or something. Yeah, but they were late 90s after the shit that we knew mm-hmm. anyway. Okay. All right. Brian Bosworth is the star of Stone Cold. Mostly because Bo Jackson ran his ass over on the way to the touchdown city. Indeed. A city, of course, where Bo Jackson was the mayor. <laughs> nice tribute. Brian was known in his football days as The Boz. The Boz was known for his flamboyant attitude and reckless hairstyles, as much for his play on the field. During the 1987 Orange Bowl, he was on the sidelines wearing a shirt that read National Communists Against Athletes. He was wearing that shirt and not playing because he had tested positive for steroids. 
Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. boss just sounds like some kind of weird diarrhea. Like after you go to a, a shaky restaurant, but it tastes the burrito good. boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, burrito the boss, boss restaurant. Oh no, I got the burrito bosses. Yes, he was tested by those fucking pinko commies at the NCAA. Yeah. Hopefully, history will remember them for being unfair to him like that because he he's not the butthole in that situation for well, taking the steroids. I'm going to make it, or are you going to get why he took the steroids? He claims injury, but you're not allowed to use it at all in NCAA. No, but his doctors also claim the same thing that they prescribed it to him. What was he going to do? I don't. I don't know. You it's, weren't supposed to take it. Yeah, you can now. Uh, Same thing. Switzer lost his job over the deal because yeah. he was playing fast and loose with it. Yeah. They knew they weren't supposed yeah. to. Everybody knew they were doing it anyway. Yeah, whatever. Switzer had all of his Oklahoma boys juiced up. Either way, the T-shirt was probably not the right call. No, no, it wasn't. I've taken steroids. <laughs> I had a bad back problem. They were prescribed by my doctor, and he said you can only take them twice a year. You didn't get run over by Bo Jackson either. Yeah. No, I didn't. I'm just she, saying, maybe he would have to be on a more than twice a year if he got rolled over. She did get ran over by a Ford Crown Victoria, though, ah. which is a little bit more deadly than it uh, Bo Jackson in all of his glory. Well, no one told her not to. The NCAA Wait, the was not involved. driver of the Crown Victoria or? The NCAA. Oh, the NCAA would have told Jackie to get ran over they would by said, a Crown like, Victoria. I got hit by a Crown Vic, and they're like, do you play tennis for Idaho State? And she said, no. Fucking take the steroids. Who cares? <laughs> His, pro- his professional career got off to a dubious start as he had sent out letters to teams who he wouldn't play for. Rumor has it... Wait, what? When he was getting drafted, he sent out letters saying that if they drafted him, he wouldn't play for him. What's the point of that? Not just to getting, be a dick? Just to be a dick. That's a dick move, man. The rumor <laughs> has it... You know, and this is interesting. I'm not going to play for you. Rumor has it that every team in the NFL other than the Raiders got that letter. <laughs> The Seahawks went ahead and drafted him anyway. Uh-huh. He wavered from his attrition to the NFL after they signed him to the largest rookie deal ever and the largest contract in Seattle team history, $11 million over 10 years, which in 1987 was in fact a big deal paid, yeah, that is paid big Manning, deal. Yeah. who gets more than that in one year. Right, right. Hey, I love the Manning. Don't don't you be throwing my Peyton is, under the this bus. Is Thirty years ago, yeah. thirty years ago. Don't forget his three seasons were marred by injury and poor play, but reeked of trash talk anyway. Mm-hmm. Denver fans bought ten thousand Ban the Bonds T-shirts for a home game against Seattle. Little did they know the shirts were manufactured by the Bosworth Corporation. Oh no! He himself <laughs> had sold those shirts to him <laughs> and to them, and they had no idea. So he's a brilliant marketer. Yeah. He also, well, he seems like he's done well for himself. Uh, he also boasted that he would contain Bo Jackson in a game later that season. Uh-oh. This was aforementioned, truck hitting a dog game. Mm-hmm. Jackson finished with 221 rushing yards in that Ooh. game. And in his defense on that way, he didn't really get run over. He just tried to take him upstairs and just kind of hugged him while Bo Jackson walked into the end zone. Yeah. And it's worse than getting run over because he was like, I got you, bro. And he's like, all right, well, come with me into yeah. the end zone, yeah, douche. We'll, we'll party in the end zone. We'll together. party in my, bro. In, my, in my town, Touchdown City. Brosif. That's when you wipe the sweat from your balls with your hand and rub it in her face. You would make it in the NFL for a day before Especially you Especially because of your rampant steroid <laughs> use. <laughs> Uh, Lance Henriksen shows up for the, this hoedown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, however, and speaking of actors, this is the Stinker Madness's first look at a shitty movie great. 
William Forsyth. Mm-hmm. I could not stand looking at this guy when I was a kid. I don't know what it was. I just don't like portly tough guys, probably because I don't like myself. He's grown on me. In that was a good joke because I'm a portly yeah, tough guy. Right. I'm so tough. Yeah. He's, gr- he's grown oh. on me, though, because he's such a shitty actor, and he plays the he's same great. shitty actor the same every time, well, yeah, and I now, like it. Now I can't wait to see him. Yeah. One of my complaints about Leonardo DiCaprio is all that he's doing is a shitty William Forsyth in yeah, all of his so movies. Cool. He just does exactly the same thing. He's just not as good at it. Sam, I hate to tell you this, but you don't look tough anymore now that you've lost your beard. Oh, whatever. Ironically, this film and the 1991 action film Double Impact, starring Van Damme and Van Damme, mm-hmm. were both produced by Michael Douglas's company, Stone Group Pictures. Hmm. Douglas, that was a great movie. Douglas is a staunch anti-gun activist. Both films feature heavy gun use. Apparently, Douglas mm. likes cash more than he hates guns. Yeah, apparently. This first cut of this film got an NC-17. What? No way. Yeah, uh, I have read that the boss put his own bike in the movie because he thought it was cooler, and he just said he would be more comfortable on it and be able to do more awesome stuff. The film enjoyed a box office return of $9.1 million hmm. against a budget of $25 God damn it. million. Dollars. Jesus Ouch. shit. Oh, boy. Damn. Not good. No, that's a flop. I, don't, I thought that this was the movie that uh, separated us from Tasha Yar, security head of the Enterprise, but it's actually Denise not Crosby. this one. Denise Crosby is in... She parts ways with the Enterprise as Bosworth's acting career is already going downhill in one of his later films. Uh-huh. Thought it was going to be better for her. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he should have used the steroids. They don't test he, he in, did. in He did in use, Hollywood. The use the steroids. In Hollywood, they he don't test for the, the steroids. And he, it might have helped his acting he, career. You should watch this movie because I believe he bench presses a bus. Yeah, he's yeah. Oh freaking sweet. He's yeah. juiced out. Yeah. No, this movie's sweet. Sam and I have seen this film. It's one of my one of my favorites. Jackie is not. This I have should, not. I'm, I'm, I'm ready excited. To go. I should say that uh, we've uh, got a couple things that we want to plug on this. This uh, We will have a very special guest for this episode. It's Ryan from uh, Very Funny Blog. We will tell more details about him when uh, he's here. Uh, also, coming this week on our next Prelude episode, Sam will be interviewing the very fine and very wonderful Arlene Sedaris. For his pick, which I believe is... Hard Ticket to Hawaii, yeah. the first film she produced with Andy in his uh, Guns, Girls, and G-Strings series. So make sure you turn into both of those. Make sure you turn in, tune into all, all of them. All of them. Yeah. We are forgetting one magical Brian Bosworth history. Oh, okay. When, we, when Justin and I graduated high school... Oh, I knew you were going to do this. My uncle was there, and uh, we were just talking about football, and he... Because what was that guy that played for the Seahawks that was supposed to be so good, but he wasn't? And all of us turn and we're like diving on him like, don't say it. Because like the, what is it called? The nuclear football? The The president has the nuclear football. Oh, yeah, the nuclear football. You push the button and destroy the world. Mm -hmm. Mentioning Brian Bosworth around my Uncle Tim is like pushing the button that destroys Earth. And we're like, no, don't say it. And he's like. Brian Bosworth. The boss. What followed was him sitting on my couch turning red while my uncle yelled (laughs) about Brian Bosworth for 38 minutes. And he had like, all of a sudden he's pulling out like an easel with pie charts and (laughs) he's got like picture, he's got like video assistance of uh, 
coaches saying his feet are too small <laughs> and all of this stuff. But yeah, Bosworth. Another fun fact about the Bos is uh, my sister had two post, actually four posters on her uh, bedroom wall where we were growing up in the 80s. One was a picture of Xanadu. One was a picture of the last unicorn. One was a picture of Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon was. Uh... And the other one was for about six months. A poster of the Boz. McMahon and Bosworth had a lot in common with their uh, freewheeling. Yeah, yeah. Hard attitudes, those guys. Well, check out uh, Stone Cold. In the meantime, get to the jobber. Thank you for listening to Stinker Madness. If this is your first time, we hope you enjoyed it, and we'll come back to listen more. But now, we'd like to ask all of our listeners for a small favor. We aren't ranking as high as we'd like, and we need your help. Would you please take just a couple of minutes to rate and review us on your preferred listening platform, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you can. It takes many hours each week to bring you this show, and just a couple seconds of your time is a huge help for us. And for those of you that have already done this, we say thank you. <laughs>